This is the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Sneak, how are you feeling now that football is back? Feeling really good. This last week was so much fun from Thursday to Monday. Really fun games. Uh, tons of fantasy implications, good and bad. But it just feels good to be back in the, in the, in the saddle on the horse and ready to ride. Week in and week out with y'all. It was so fun. What was your favorite game that you watched over the weekend? Hmm. Favorite game. Mine was obviously well, the Chargers beating the Raiders. Well, the, yeah, good win. Uh, so and really, it was like, when I fun. think about it, you got you got those couple of those. What did we have? Three overtimes, two ties, or whatever it was. Those were good, but then I felt like the overtime was just like kind of boring. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we yeah, had a little drama and stuff like that, but it was kind of like, all right, I'm ready to watch the afternoon games now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I really – gosh, I really liked – you know, last night was great. The The Broncos-Seahawks game, a lot of back and forth, a lot of surprising play out of Geno. He looked either to be a new man or maybe it was just the week one going up against the Broncos and Russ and at home and, the you know, that what spurred him on, but that was real fun to watch. Uh, may, you know, I, we're dumb for thinking that Mahomes was going to be dropped off because of no Tyreek. Granted, the Cardinals defense is horrible, but we can only basically expect for him to do what he's always done, right? Like why I was talking with somebody the other day to be named nameless because he's not in the league anymore. <laughs> he was like, why did anyone ever think Mahomes was going to be knocked off? And I was like, I mean, that's a pretty good point. We'll see what he does the rest of the year with some tougher defenses, especially going into Thursday, the divisional here with the Chargers. But hmm. and I mean, so what else was some other fun, fun news and notes from around the league? Other fun storylines. Well, I guess let's get into that now because what I wanted to talk about was I think we can look at some kind of emergency type players. And I want to see, I'm going to call this section of the podcast panic mode. Okay. And I want to ask you who out of each position group really we should be panicking about. So we're going to start off with the quarterbacks. And you tell me. Of these of this group, who deserves the most panic? Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, or Matt Stafford? Uh, Aaron Rodgers, for sure. Is that just because of the lack of weapons around him and just his general Aaron Rodgers malcontentness? Or do you feel it's, like it's gotta be the lack, it's gotta be the lack of weapons. I mean, maybe that offense looks a little bit better with Lazard. He's got some rapport and some history with Lazard. We saw that we shot Christian Watson uh drop that bomb. Uh Dylan scored and, and seemed to have a good share of that offense. And Aaron Jones was okay, but that offense is just gonna be a big work in progress. So out of those quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, but you didn't draft or have Aaron Rodgers on a dynasty team or a redraft. I don't think you drafted him, and if you did, you you had to have gone into thinking there's got to be at least a slow start, and this was an extremely slow start. Maybe he puts it together against Chicago. If he doesn't put it together against Chicago, if he struggles again, receivers don't work out, running backs can't get it going, major panic. But out of the three, I'm panicking on Rodgers right now. The other, Russell Wilson, would be completely fine. He had a good, a good enough game, and he will continue to grow. 
and uh, Stafford, uh, assuming they get Allen Robinson involved, or if they or if they don't, they're going to play some easier defenses going forward, and they'll be fine. Okay. Panic mode on running backs. You got some big historical names here. Ezekiel Elliott, who was kind of in a panic mode last year for a lot of people. Ivan Kamara. And I'm going to throw in Derrick Henry, who really didn't do the Derrick Henry thing that we are accustomed to. Derrick Henry has been known for slow starts, so I'm not really worried about that right now. I was I was hoping you were going to throw Dalvin into that mix. Sure, throw Dalvin in. I'm going to throw Dalvin in just because I'm not saying he can't be good and they might not start to you know go towards him more, but that offense is is just completely retooled for Cousins, Jefferson, Thielen, Osborne, whoever it may. This is going to be – if he can't get, get passes, I don't think they're going to be giving him 20 carries a game like he was in the past. I'm worried about Dalvin there. Uh, but to answer your question specifically, I guess I would I would out of those uh, out of those running backs, I would say Kamara just because it should have been a bunny matchup for him against Atlanta. Maybe game script proved differently. They were shocked a little bit by Atlanta. They couldn't hold him, so they had to throw it more. Uh, but I guess to answer this, who is the other running back? Just make sure I'm not uh, Zeke. Zeke, I'm not worried about Zeke at all. That Cowboys offense is going to suck. But at this point, they've got to just they've got to run everything through him. So might as well just give him 20 carries. If he gets 70 yards, so be it. He's going to get the volume. Yeah, the volume for him was was the most surprising thing. I think of the three, um, Alvin Kamara. He they said he was dealing with some rib stuff, so maybe that was kind of a factor. And we'll see how that lingers or doesn't linger through the rest of the season. But all right. Wide receivers. Now, wide receivers were the one. We're going to take another detour from my detour here because we talked about it a little bit leading up to the start of the season. But the the first the redraft first round picks. If you went wide receiver, you cashed out this uh, this first week. Oh, uh, major. Cooper Cup, yeah, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase, all great games. If you had if you went running back. The Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, like we just talked about, Austin Eckler, like those running backs didn't do so great. Jonathan Taylor was fine, was even really good. Mixon was good, so kind of like a 50-50 in the first round there. But, yeah, receivers, at least so far, that was the, uh, that was the move. So panic mode, again, kind of related to someone we talked about in the quarterback section but are you panicked about Cortland Sutton are you panicked about Deontay Johnson or Darnell Mooney I'm probably I'm gonna I'm gonna say Johnson and Mooney okay uh the Bears I guess I don't really know what to make of that Bears offense you with Mooney you you have to hope for a a bomb touchdown or just a deep 60 yard pass at some point to save your fantasy days with Mooney. Uh, I don't know if I, I, I did. What did do? What was Deontay Johnson's line? Five for like 70 or something. He also fumbled, okay, so but that's Deontay. Not, not, not really that bad. I'm not worried about Cortland Sutton at all. 
Uh, he, he's he's big, strong, fast. He, Russell and him just need he needs to just look his way more. Again, that game last night, wh- whatever you want to make of it, the way it ended, the way Russell looked, going back to Seattle, all the emotions. He said he didn't keep him in check. The the crowd uh, Monday night, and Cortland, in my opinion, still had a pretty decent, okay game. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna mix in Mooney and Deontay there, uh, even though. Uh, probably more so Mooney, just because again Fields, he's probably not going to be putting up. If he puts up 200 yards, it's, it's two to 250 yards. It's going to be a miracle. And Mooney's hopefully he's he's not going to Mooney's not going to get 10 catches a game. I don't think so. It has to be a a big bomb, uh, big bomb catch. Hmm. Not fun. Actually, I'll trade him. Never mind. <laughs> yep. No need to worry. Tight ends. This one's this is the most fun one I think because. I think there's actually hope for big hopes for a couple of these players. And it is only week one. Let me preface that again for this whole segment. Uh, but we're just trying to see if, if, you know, I think last year, if you would have asked me about Allen Robinson, am I panicking after a poor showing? I would have said no. And then look what he did last year. I probably right. could have put him in the wide receiver group this year again, too, right. because he did not look great. So, um, just just keep that in mind, you know, it, week one is not a definite indicator, but, you know, if you if you feel like week one is prescriptive for the rest of the season, you've got to get out now on some of these guys. But anyway, two of the tight ends, Mark Andrews, Cole Komet, or Kyle Pitts asking for a friend. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go against the grain on this one and say Mark Andrews. It looks like Lamar, at least game one, was looking more receiver receivers ways. Well, I mean, you could make the case du- Duvarnay. Devin uh, Duvarnay. A week one fluke, but Komet was zero. And who was your other guy? Kyle Pitts. Oh, yeah, freaking Pitts. Uh, what do you have, like eight targets? That's encouraging. Yeah. I'm just gonna go with Andrews because he's the he's the tight end that you associate with being top two with Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I'd said this before that go back and fact check me on one of our episodes on listeners, but Lamar and Andrews, I don't think have the best relationship. Yeah, I think you said that uh Lamar doesn't like him. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he likes him, especially after that one play where Mark Andrews was calling for it in the end zone and you see Lamar Jackson throw his hands up. That's like a thing you just see all over the place now. I don't think he likes him. So I'm going to say panic on Andrews. All right. I like that. So if you have any of those players on your rosters, redraft or dynasty, sell, sell, sell. Sell, sell, sell. Well, I think that was fun. I like doing that panic mode. Maybe we'll uh, check back in, you know, in a couple of weeks and see if if those were warranted. But let's get the episode moving now with a nonsense minute question. And we've already spent a lot of time. We've got a lot to do still. So quick one for you today. What is for lunch? I think I've got a little bit left over of like taco salad fixings. So you know the whole the whole table full of got some taco meat, you got some lettuce, got cheese, got avo, got onions, got uh crisp crispy Tortilla strips and jalapeno strips. You got uh, tomatoes. You got uh, uh, ranch and and uh, so I think that's what I'm eating. What are you eating? I we got leftover lentil soup. Oh, so, what? 
bro, don't knock it till you try it. it sounds disgusting. Sausage, oh, uh, sausage. Hot, hot Italian sausage, lentils, corn, all stewed up together. Super good. Good for all your right. back. This is my judgment, but initially it just does not sound fun. No, it's not just lentils and water. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's not just some lentils thrown in some hot water. No, it's not. There's other <laughs> stuff. Oh. Well, if you're a listener out there and you have lunch, let us know what your lunches are. Yeah, we always want to know what y'all are eating for lunch out there. Shake, let, me tell you, let me tell you another lunch story about a recent trip I took to Seal Beach, California. It was over the summer. We had uh, a delicious lunch at one of my favorite Italian restaurants in the area called Spaghettini. Ooh, Spaghettones. So had a little, had a little Italian for lunch, hopped down to the main street of the beach, and then stopped at a little old store called Tank Farm. Oh, gosh, I freaking love the Tank Farm. Tank Farm is a cool place in California. Menswear stuff got basically any style for any of you fellas out there, all the whole dynasty league could go to tank farm, find something for them to wear. And a little tank farm fact for you. They've got a promotion right now. Six of their suede tees for a hundred dollars, less than $20 a shirt. Okay. So check them out. Tankfarmco.com and let them know scum sent you hashtag not a sponsor. Okay. I like that little, uh, uh, hashtag not a sponsor. Go find out uh, where you can get some of that good tank. Uh, I got a little bit here for you. If you're in the Colorado area and in and looking to adopt a pet, uh, Tanker Tots English and French Bulldogs <laughs> is known as being a pretty good spot if you're in the market for those breeds of dogs. Tanker Tots English and French Bulldogs. Uh, check them out. Uh, you know, if that's what you're into, uh, hashtag not a sponsor. Tank Tots, uh, Colorado, like good good area up there, good weather. Yeah, yeah. Let's ride. Um, do you think English and French Bulldogs have like beef, like the English and the French? I think they probably do. Yeah, it's a uh, they crazy, got to. crazy thing. I wonder if they separate them up in uh, Tanker Tots. Keep them uh, on the other side of the the dividing line. Got to. Yeah. Before we get into our league stuff, let's hear a review from a loyal listener of the Scum and Sneak Show. I just want to say that the Scum and Sneak Show is my favorite fantasy football podcast. It has helped me so much with my team. It's just amazing. I'm a longtime listener. I've been there since the very beginning. I've listened to every single episode, all four of them, and they are all so great. So here's to four more. Can't wait. Thank you. Thank you listener and to all those out there who have reviewed rated subscribed we couldn't do this without you so sneak let's do the power ranks for this week yeah. yep we got to do week one in the books see if the rankings have moved around so everyone knows where they stand going into week two got some shakeups now that we know how some of these players have looked how involved they are and let's just get into it as always from bottom to top and at the bottom, we've got a tie between Big Sneak and Big T in our 11 spot. A couple of bigs down there. 
Number 10 is Jimbo. Number nine, skyrocketing up the rakes is Scum. Wow. Number eight is Hesse. Number seven, hanging around where he was last week, is Doug. Big faller for the week at number six is Chase, just after a nail-biter win. Staying put, even despite losing, at number five is Ben. Another big riser this week. Jason, a.k.a. Dason, at number four. Then our top three rounds out with Wade moving up a spot. Brendan at number two, like he was last week, and still at the top. Ernie Fritz, Eric, the reigning champ. I love those rankings. I think we have to just really start out if we're going to talk at all about the rankings is the faller, the big faller from last week. Gooch went from three to six. Yep. Uh, are we Are we repeating last year already? Already. I mean, he pulled out a win at least. So it was looking like all weekend he was not going to do that. Narrowly, narrowly goes by by less than half a point, I think. And uh, I would say the biggest reason he's fallen, it's not just because of the performance, but I, I mentioned him in the, uh, in the panic mode section, but I, I'm going to have concerns about Matt Stafford not necessarily because of the Rams offense, but I think because of that elbow that that was like a lingering thing all off season. I just, I don't know. It seemed like there was issues there. The three picks you don't like to see. And then that's just kind of, that's in Stafford's game. It always has been right. He's always been a little bit of a gunslinger. He'll sling it around. And if he's got less control, less like of his natural arm strength because of that elbow, you can see a little bit more of that this year. So I think that's where he really loses some of his luster. And then, of course, Cam Akers. Who knows if he's going to bounce back at all. Chase has the running back depth to replace him, so that's why we don't drop him like entirely. But just overall, the team's looking a little bit less like the top three team that we had put him at uh, at the start of the season. Yeah, and uh, what maybe it, it shows more so is that you're a little bit better than what we thought. Uh, oh, I don't like that. You've got some pieces in place on that team that probably didn't warrant you being the bottom guy. We just we started you there because of what you lost. Uh, but moving up to number nine uh, and make and putting Gooch through the through the ringer and hitting his narrow victory, uh, I think. That's uh, another big surprise and maybe coming back down to earth in our reality that you're better than what we thought. And I'm way worse than what we thought, even with no running backs. I, I thought I would be lucky to crack a hundred every week. I might be lucky to crack 50 every week. I literally have zero running backs. I'm going to go try to find a couple guys on the waiver, but even the guys that might be out there, like your weirdo time Montgomery game, even that's not going to do me much good, but I'm not that sad about that because you know i'm looking towards 23 to really load up and make my run again uh and then again at the top we've got ernie brendan they got a stranglehold on that top uh will be interesting to see if the likes of ben wade dason or or jug can uh, do anything about it uh but yeah i mean the rankings are are shaping up already after week one back to those top two spots really quick Brandon did actually have the highest score this week in the league. So for you, what is it going to take to have Brandon move up into the number one spot, barring, or I guess leading up to a head-to-head matchup between them? Because I would expect that they do 
win every game up until that point and are both undefeated for whenever they they face each other, which I don't you know, I haven't looked ahead at the schedule. So what's it gonna take for Brandon to take Ernie's spot? Like exactly what you said, it has to be the matchup between them. Whoever loses, there that's the change. Or if Ernie loses before that for some reason, put bundles it up out there uh, and gets upset somewhere. Uh, but it's they both have great teams. But we would all agree Eric's team is better. He's coming off the championship. He deserves to be there. Uh, the only way Brendan moves up there is uh, their matchup or a fumbled week coming somewhere with Ernie. Yeah. Looks like I took a quick look quick look ahead. They play each other in week six. So circle that one on your calendars, folks. Early, not pretty, pretty early in the season. So we'll get to know that here pretty soon. We are into buys at that point. And Brandon has the tougher draw there because he's got DeAndre Swift out on a buy. So probably uh well not that's definitely not good for him. So We'll, we'll get to that one, but yeah, just a little peek ahead. Well, that's the ranks again, like we said, folks. And if we're wrong, prove us wrong. But I think uh, as far as what we've seen in, in this brief season so far, that that is how it shakes out. That's how it shakes up. Let's get into the matchups for week two. Get it rolling with my matchup first. Our number nine team, Scum and Get Your Love, versus the number eight team, not as good as I thought, Hesse. Both 0-1. Both 0-1. Uh, but this is our upset of the week. Scum and Sneak upset of the week. Scum and Sneak upset of the week. Upset of the week. Yeah, yeah. Upset of the week. That's right. We're back on the scum train. He gets his win. He upsets Hesse. Hesse is definitely not as good as he thought. He's going to be very sad about this loss. Uh, scum, you might be also very sad about this win. Oh, very uh, much so. But it is going to happen. Uh, really, I'm looking at the matchup here, uh, and it's going to come down to the uh, running back position. Uh, like I said, earlier i'm a little worried about the dalvin usage uh, and even if elliot gets all the volume i don't think he, he puts much he's not going to score and he'd, he'd be lucky if he cracks that like 70 80 mark which you know even in sleeper with a lot of carries you can get points but cincinnati's defense is good uh but burkhead and crew you saw what cream hunt did last last week we expect that to go again burkhead gets a lot of garbage a lot of catches seems to be very much involved in that offense uh, and your boy Curtis Samuel cracks your cracks your lineup. We've been you've been talking about Curtis Samuel for Samuel for years. Freaking Curtis, like dude! He is finally part of that offense and is looking to be maybe their number one running back. Uh, so that for me is the the difference maker, and you get the upset. Ooh, take that, Hesse! I did outscore you last week, and uh, well, hopefully you can make a move to uh, to go against that, but. Looking at the matchups, I mean, nothing really stands out as as major, good or bad uh, for any of our players. Uh, I do have Josh Palmer in that Thursday night game against the Chiefs. So, well, along with Gerald Everett too. 
So if that game is a major shootout and those guys catch a couple touchdowns, that's a big swing. Uh, but we also saw Josh Palmer, even after the Keenan Allen injury last week, not do much, even though he got targeted a little bit. That was interesting to watch too. Justin Herbert was uh, spreading that ball around. Mike Williams had a kind of a down game. Really anyone besides Keenan Allen before he got hurt was just kind of like a afterthought. I, I don't know. That's, that seems a little strong, but um, you know, we'll see what happens Thursday night and see if Herbert is just, you know, doing uh doing the good quarterback thing and sharing it and just taking what's sure. open and yeah. Yeah, big share uh on the in that offense for sure. Maybe getting a little head there because we've got some more players to talk about in other matchups. But upset of the week, Hesse. Upset Hesse. Moving on to the next matchup. Uh big one, two of our top six, the number two team, Bodum Foreign Shirts. Number one in our hurts. Do nothing, Kamish. Brandon at one and versus high speed chase also at one and So mm-hmm. someone's gonna be 500 after this week. Uh and I and I expect that to be Gooch. Uh, I'm expecting a, a win from Brandon here. Uh like I said earlier, again, Mahomes, he is who he's always has been. Thursday night matchup against the Chiefs, or I mean against <laughs> the Chiefs against the Chargers. <laughs> Uh, if it's if it's not if it's not a shootout, Mahomes is still going to be a lot better than Stafford. So I like that uh, advantage, Brendan there, and kind of just going down looking at here. I'm going to say running backs pretty even because Javante and Saquon look great, tons of volume. They're going to match whatever McCaffrey and Swift do. It's really going to come down to the tight end position. Kelsey is going to destroy Kittle or whoever Gooch runs out there uh, in the tight end spot, uh, and then with like you said, Allen being hurt. Uh, Terry McLaurin being stupid, but making that <laughs> that fifty yarder to to save his save his week. Uh, Pittman and 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 AJ Brown, too much to my chagrin, are uh, legit number one big time receivers. Uh, so it's going to be hard for Gucci to overcome that. He can hope for a miracle, but Mahomes outduel Stafford, and his receivers will will have the advantage there to to get him the win. In my in my opinion. Yeah, looking at the roster too, with with Keenan Allen being hurt, probably not going to play, and with DeAndre Hopkins still suspended, Chase doesn't have much in the receiver room. Looks like he's going to have to throw in Jacoby Myers, which you know uh, he's not the worst, especially when you get um, three quarters points per reception, like in our league. But I mean, it's not to your point. It's not. Michael Pittman and AJ Brown, like like Brandon has on the other side. So big advantage there. And I think that is what swings the difference. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, Matt Ryan didn't look didn't look good, but he doesn't need to be that great to just give Pittman all the targets. And Pittman is proven to be to be really good. So uh, you know, I think I, I had some doubts on on the Pittman AJ Brown, but week one showed that. Was that little sneaky guy was wrong. Yeah, they're just the clear and obvious number ones on those teams and the favorite target of their quarterback. So the volume is there. Uh, and that's that's the biggest thing. I do really like too that um speaking about AJ Brown, speaking about the Eagles matching up with the Vikings next Monday night, I think that's gonna be a really fun game. I like both those teams. 
in the NFC. I picked the Vikings to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, so uh, I think it'll just be a high-scoring one. We saw the Eagles just give up, like, what, 31 points to the Lions? Yeah, crazy. Freaking 38-35 in the, the Lions. Uh, Swift looked amazing. Yep. Uh, that offense looks like it's a lot better than at least what is last year or sure. at the very least is going to uh, – the Stars will will – do good. <laughs> I don't know. And even I mean Jamal Williams vultured two touchdowns probably from Swift, but you know not not the worst of the backup running backs to have. And even Flex, I would say, you know, you don't want to rely on those touchdowns, but obviously he's part of the game plan for the Lions. So right, right. Just again, kind of going off topic of the matchup. Sorry, scums, scums all over the place today. You dope. <laughs> Love it. You got to be all over the place sometimes. Focusing back in to our next matchup, we've got, well, I'm sure Eric will change this, but as of right now, at Eli underscore hand underscore versus Nashville USA. So our number one team versus our number 11 team. I wonder how that one's going to go. Yeah, this is uh, this is not what T wants to see in his week two matchup. Uh, he's he's going to lose. Uh, Ernie is going to win. Oh man, I Metcalf had a ton of volume last night. You expect that all year long. He probably doesn't do much with it in terms of big games. Right, right. Uh, you know what did he have? Eight catches for like forty yards. Eight catches for forty yards is crazy. Uh, the what is that average? Like five yards a catch or something? Yeah, like it... insane. Yeah, it was seven for thirty-six, so even worse than than that. And he fumbled. So but yeah, the volume great there. So there is and Gabe Davis. I love so T has pieces. Uh maybe we jumped the gun a little bit on Damian Pierce. Uh the whole world probably did. Uh I didn't for the record. You didn't. You didn't. You're right. You never you never did like like Pierce. But what what's there to say? Uh, Justin Jefferson could probably beat T's whole team. I mean, he beat <laughs> the whole team last week. I scored like forty five points, and Jefferson probably had like forty five. What did Jefferson? He had thirty eight. I scored like forty four points. So, so the likes of me and T, the bottom feeders, the the guys in the dredges and the down trodden. Uh, you play up against a team like Ernie, where you've got Jefferson or Chase, who have the ability to score forty points. There's nothing else to say about anything here that but Eric's got players on his team that could one of them could beat a whole team uh, and then when he starts to play other teams it's just such his team is so good Jefferson and Chase are are insane Mixon very very good you were right on Najee well I mean to some extent I mean the injuries you know you can't predict everyone gets hurt but Najee's not going to be what he was last year uh, I expect Eckler to have the same types of games. Uh, they just went away from him for some reason. But uh, in this, in terms of this matchup, there's no hope for, for Tyler, even with a Rodgers uh, uh, hypothetical comeback against Chicago. It, yeah, just bad, bad all around. Yeah, I think Tyler, I think Tyler has some tweaks to make. I would, if I were him, I would look at Kirk Cousins instead of Aaron Rodgers. I talked about. Oh, for sure. What the I, heck? You got to play Kirk Cousins. The only, the only scary thing is that primetime Kirk Cousins issue that is, 
I think more than a thing. I don't think like like he's never won in prime time and he's not as good. So that would scare me a little bit. But I mean, after what we saw from Rodgers in the Packers offense last week, I mean, I think you just take that shot. And then you also get a little bit of reverse stack action at least. So yes, we know that Justin we know that Justin Jefferson is going to destroy. So at least Tyler can offset that by having Kirk Cousins throwing to him. And I think, I mean, we've got to, we've got to change that James Cook spot. We've got to look elsewhere just because he's probably still in the doghouse. Can't really trust him until, until we see him get out of it. Um, but Tyler has, you know, Jalen Warren, which that's a fun swing when you think about like, if Najee doesn't play, Eric loses that spot. And then Tyler can put in Jalen Warren, who would get the majority of the work for the Steelers. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about, uh, we're getting into the weeds here, but we think about Greg Dortch while Rondale's out. He had a good stat line. Um, let me find it. I mean, seven catches for 63 yards in the Cardinals offense playing as the primary slot receiver. I like, I would play him if I was Tyler, <laughs> as long as we we think uh, Rondale's not going to play. Yeah, I don't. I mean, at I've this point, right for Tyler, I never heard of Dorch before in my life. So, Greg Dorch, Greg Dorch is one of those guys that I've always liked, but just like as a, um, he gets his training camp buzz as like a small, quick guy, but obviously because he's small he doesn't really get to play kind of yeah. like uh, a chase with a river crackraft or an eric with trey quinn you know those names that are like uh not actually names but you just kind of hold on to them for a while yeah you know you I would opposite player but tyler, you and stephen hill true true i would support tyler doing anything he possibly can to his lineup uh, to try to catch, you know, that lightning in a bottle. Uh, it's not going to help him win this week or most weeks, but might as well have fun, run out a lineup of, you know, line, a lineup of uh, the likes of a Dorch. And what else did I say? I think, you know, might as well play Equi. Got to play Equi. One of the or, one of the leaders in touchdown catches on the year. Come on. Uh, yeah. Play Boston Scott or Rashad White. Just go out there. Just tinker that lineup up as much as you want. It's not going to make any difference, but it'll be fun each week if you're watching. You'd be like, "Oh, I'm gonna watch. Uh, I'm gonna watch this guy." But uh, Tyler does have himself two first next year. Uh, I think he's got. Does he have his own? He does have his own. Yeah. So he'll be fine next year, hopefully. <laughs> anyway, Tyler, you lose. Anyway. You know but that's okay. We're all trying to lose. You, yeah, me, a lot of, Tyler, a lot of let's go. This, this year. Uh, yeah, it's race, race for race for Bijan. He's obviously going to be mine. He's definitely going to be mine, though. So Let's get into a big-time matchup, at least in our ranks. Number four, Herb Stomped, new guy Dason versus... Old guy Wade, Gee Buttersnaps, number three. Mm. Dayson. He kind of sounds like he's a... Dayson. Like a samurai. Dayson. You, uh, you, you, you talk to me about this matchup. 
I will do that once Sleeper reopens for me because it just shut down. <laughs> really? And, this is the matchup to where I'm going to probably spend just a hair longer than I have been recently. You got Herbert and Allen pretty stinking close. Yeah. Edge to Allen. Okay. Chubb and Gibson, I mean, gosh dang it, up to Antonio gets <laughs> two points last week after I called him a dope, and I told him he was dead zone. He gets 22 points, uh, but Chubb also with the pretty much the same amount of points. So I'm going to say a wash there, assuming Gibson continues uh, the amount of. Uh, it's the passing work for him too, for sure. That, yeah, like, that's where his Gibson points come from. Doing whatever he's doing there, he, that's a wash. Uh, Damian Harris, Eli Mitchell is out, so we expect a shakeup to probably put Clyde up into that spot, and then his Wade's uh, Wade's uh, flex spot. I'm prob I'm pretty sure Waddle gets into this lineup. Uh, been playing Tyreek and Waddle, but you know, Reigns we've seen. Uh, CD's not a one. Uh, he's uh, just you called that. Called it. He's he's advantage Devonte, Stefan. Advantage Stephon Diggs over Tyreek. Uh, advantage Mike Williams, especially with the uh, uh, shootout being yep. out for Thursday over Deontay, who I said there's time to panic on that. You could maybe make the case for a wash between Tunyon and Schultz now that Dalton is is playing with Cooper Rush, but I'm going to give the advantage Dalton there because I yeah. said matchup proof, quarterback proof, whatever he's going to. Uh, he's going to get Clyde Allen Robinson. Definitely got to go to Clyde here, the way the lineup is. Uh, 49ers bounce back against Seattle somewhat uh, defensively. And then, uh, so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's going to be a tie. <laughs> an exact tie. I love it. We've never seen an exact tie before. It's got to happen at some point. Possible. I mean, yeah possible it's tough but it could happen i think that i think that dason dason needs to really look at that flex spot i mean i get rolling with alan robinson again just just to see if we, if week one was a fluke but i think there's safer options like james robinson still super involved looked good coming back from the injury i'm very very interesting to see that yeah so I think that'd be the move I could make. At least you're going to get the guaranteed floor of like carries and goal line work, right? So that right. that's enough in our league in those points. So that would help Jason, but I don't know how much help he really needs. He's favored to win. Now, granted, Wade does have to put in someone for Eli Mitchell, like you pointed out, but I think the points are still going to come out with Jason as the favorite. And as long as the volume for Antonio Gibson is there. I think that's where this really swings. Like he could be the, the make or break. If, um, you know, if they involve JD McKissick a little more, if Curtis Samuel becomes even more involved, which I don't know if he, if that's possible, because <laughs> he was very, very involved, but that mm-hmm. could be a dip for Jason. Um, Damian Harris probably hit his floor last week. So he could probably stand for uh, more carries, more yardage, maybe a short touchdown. So, I mean, I, I would be nervous if I was Wade and Wade's been good for the past couple of years, been hovering at the top and, and been, you know, a favorite in many of his games. So um, we did not pick this as the upset of the week, but would you, are you going to pick Jason to win? I, I can jump on that upset? exactly what you, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, a small uh, 1B upset because of the Antonio Gibson uh, work in that passing game. Uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I can, I can say that. I'll, I'll show, I'll, I'll show Jason some love. We got double reverse deck action here. Jason has Justin Herbert throwing to Mike Williams on Wade's side, and then Wade has Josh Allen throwing to Stefan Diggs. That's on a Jason's huge side. double reverse yeah. stack. That is big. It's big time. If you're and away, it, and depending on scoring, which it, it doesn't admit, but there are, you know, I've played up against the reverse stack last night. I lost by like 0.5 points, but those reverse stacks do come into effect, especially in close matchups. If Josh Allen throws a touchdown to Diggs, Diggs, Diggs is going to get probably gets a little one, edge there. Yeah. A little edge. There's like at least almost a point swing per for the receiver every time because of the yardage and the, and the reception. But so if it's a close matchup, though, that reverse stack is going to come in big time play, I think, in this matchup. That'll be fun to watch. It will be. If you were Wade, put, put yourself in his shoes. Would you bench CD Lamb? Like oh, you said, yeah, you meant, for sure, because he can put he can he put can Waddle in, like you mentioned. Yeah, he can put Waddle in, and then Cordero in instead of Eli. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's an easy call. I would do that, Wade. Now, will he do that? Just knowing his fandom. No, no shot. Somehow, well, CD Lamb is still projected for like 15 points next week against the Bengals, who are pretty good on defense. So. They are, but I mean, if if you expect them to be playing from behind, like, I mean, he'll get targeted, and then just can he come down with them? And no, we saw yeah. that on Sunday night. He tar- he was targeted a ton, and he only had two catches. He just they're doubling him. Uh, he can't get he can't get away from that double team. Uh, he dropped, I think he dropped one where he was open went right through his hands. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. What do you, what are, what are our listeners and what's the world making of CD right now? Is it just because his name is CD lamb and he was the top pick? Like he's, he's not putting it together without either Gallup or Amari or somebody else helping him on that offense. Right. And, and, and the one number one receiver, you have to be able to beat that to some extent and two catches uh, two for 10 when with Dak in throwing him the ball tons of time, you just he just not you don't he just don't got it, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's tough. Like you mentioned, he doesn't have someone on the other side really drawing much attention. You know, I think Noah Brown, Dennis Houston, like those guys, they they did admirably for who they are, right? Like, but they're not they're not drawing any focus from a defense, and. Yeah, I don't know. We talked about how skinny CD was in the offseason. Maybe that's the problem. He's just like not physical enough. Uh, the way he plays too, he is like a body control, like kind of contested catch kind of type. But if you if you're getting bullied a little bit, it's probably harder to come down with some of those targets. I don't know. Plus the drops, like you mentioned. But I don't know. I'm not as anti as you are, but Wade, if Wade wants to avoid the mini secondary upset, he better tinker with that lineup a little bit because he's going to disappoint him all year. Hmm. I mean, you heard it here first, folks. Well, yeah, not even just today. You heard it here weeks ago from Snake. 
Yeah. Called that big time. You've been hearing it. All right. We've got our next matchup. The People's Commission, Jimbo, versus NBA greater than NFL. Doug's team, who really showed out last week, scored the third most points in the league. Wow. Really? Yeah. Big I time. really like Christian Kirk this year. That's good for Doug. Yeah. That was – I was down on him, and you were – you were a believer, and you're proven right. Uh, Christian Kirk, I think he was the number one target, right, for Trevor Lawrence. Did really well with those targets. Had a hundred over 100 yards, had a touch – no, not a touchdown, but had over 100 yards. So far, looks worth the big contract they gave him, right? Oh, for sure. He's going to – he was already being talked about getting insane snap percentage and volume there. Uh, but I'm calling for this matchup. Uh, Scott, I'm calling that Jimbo gets the win. So that would be two weeks in a row we picked against Doug. And we're going to log that official pick, but I don't see it. I think I've, I've been a believer in Doug's team for a while, I think more so than you. Yeah. I love the running back group there and just the work they get. Like I get there's questions about each of them. But uh, workload-wise, it's there. Kyler, despite, you know, getting blown out and not being, like, actually good, so a good fantasy game. And then yeah, – What the heck? How does he still force 25 points? Yeah. And now that Christian Kirk has kind of made me a believer, uh, I think that's enough with Debo, who is obviously a focal point of that offense. Uh-huh. Scored the only touchdown for them last week. And then Claypool, who didn't do that great last week, is still very involved. Uh, had, like, six rushing attempts, I think, which is fun especially for, for a guy his size and how fast he is. So he's due for a, a big boom game at any point, you know, touchdown threat always. So I, I think that has got more than enough, even though we like Jim's running backs as well. I think ETN and Aaron Jones do bounce back. I think their passing volume sustains them through the year. I'm interested in the Baker Mayfield, Robbie Anderson stack that Jim's got going now. They connected on a, big long touchdown last week i think that you know there's probably some jitters for baker playing the browns and just uh, trying to force too much stuff like uh, i think that the carolina offense kind of stabilizes kind of gets back to normal i mean i know it's kind of stabilizes and just becomes a little more balanced which can only be good for baker like he's not trying to force it where he's missing throws you know making mistakes in that in that way What's your outlook on Pollard moving forward? You mentioned that you're not afraid for Zeke because he should get the volume. What about Tony Pollard? I'm I'm worried that he's he's going to get lost in this offense without without a concerted effort to put him in. I think that they're just saying we. I guess I don't know what are the Cowboys doing with Pollard. There's always. Ever since Paul had been in the league and ever since Zeke's gotten his contract, I've been kind of disappointing and whatever what you want to say, even though he's still finishing top 10. I don't know what my outlook is on Pollard anymore. I want to say that if there was, if you were high on him getting to being one of those running backs that maybe he gets like 40 rushing yards and 30 receiving yards on a couple catches and maybe a touch, like then you're you're stacking up a weird way to get points. But now it's like can you really play any Cowboys probably besides Elliot if they just say we're going to run the ball? 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I guess I don't know how to evaluate Pollard in that whole offense right now. Uh, but with Jim's, with Jim's team, uh, I'm excited for the Aaron Jones bounce back. I'm, I'm expecting uh, for him to really do some work against Chicago. And uh, I like, I like that you brought up the Mayfield uh, Robbie Anderson stack. Maybe that's a stack that uh, could be weirdly fun uh, if if Mayfield just continues to go out there and and do and sling it like that. I guess I should probably pick Doug to win, but I've got faith that Jimbo's team does a bounce back. Uh, I don't necessarily like uh, well, I, I don't like Kyler, uh, but if he's going to get twenty five points in a blow, then I guess he's he's fantasy viable uh yeah but i do I, I understand what you're saying about the running backs but i'm going with the bounce back aaron jones i'm going with uh, uh and i'm and i'm jumping on your mayfield robbie anderson stack uh do Baronet, does he get two touchdowns every week don't if think he, so if he does i was just gonna be like insane it's the most out of nowhere like double digit touchdown season ever just literally the most out of nowhere thing that could happen is if we see Duvarne just continue doing what he did in week one. It would be it would be a sh- the biggest fantasy shock of the season. But anyway, keep your gym pick. People like when we disagree and fight. So you're dumb. Yeah. Doug's obviously going to yeah. win. Huge advantage for tight ends too. We didn't talk about, but Darren Waller over Noah Fant, like. Easy. We don't even like Darren Waller, but yeah. No offense. Yeah. Done. Well, you're always trying to you disagreeing with me. You are just really dumb and you don't ever do anything right. Yeah, well, you're a stink face and Alan Lazard sucks. Yeah, Alan Lazard. You're wrong. Is he's gonna be he's gonna outscore Debo and Claypool. <laughs> let's wrap this up with your matchup as we like to do we've got sneak inc at own one against another own one team but your new best friend in the group chat smith ben 08 oh eight's been uh been active this hot. week already is this is this a, a change in the wind to what things are to come with uh Oh, 08, just uh, throwing throwing zingers and 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 opinions and things out in the chat. Sure, hope so. Ben, start listening too. Yeah, why, why don't you just start listening to this podcast? Because you will hear that you are the blowout of the week. Best coming sneak blowout of the week. Blow out of the week. Blow out of the week. Let's go. Wow. Old Sneak Ink Soup Face. Yours truly gets destroyed this week. And I mentioned it before about Ernie's team. Jonathan Taylor will outscore my entire team. Because he had 35 last week. I, how many points did I have last week? Am I am I right with 40? 46? 46. So Jonathan Taylor outscores me this week alone. 
Uh, and then it doesn't matter what happens from there. Even if you've got a little concerns about Kamara, Cup could outscore me because Cup scored 30 last week. So between Taylor and Cup, I am in a whole heap of trouble, but I am tinkering with the lineup. I've got my, I've got my boys, uh, Drake, Traylon, and Olave in the lineup this week. Maybe I can catch some fun goings there. Uh, you never know what lineup old sneaky guy is going to throw out though, because he's got tons of options. Tons uh, this of week, quarterback right. Justin Fields. Do I play Tanny? Do I play Daniel Jones? Do I play Davis Mills? I've got lots of options to uh, throw at you. So be a little bit afraid, but not really. Be afraid, Ben. Because last week, you know, you just mentioned that. Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup can beat your whole team. That's all Ben had last week was Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. Everyone else was kind of a dud. Fun little tidbit about this matchup. I'm going to say this is the first time in LV Dynasty history that two teams are playing each other after both having double zeros last week. Whoa. You both had two players that put up zeros. You know, Ty Johnson and then Scummachine favorite Dare Goombawale. What happened there? <laughs> but, uh, oh man. Well, I'm I'm gonna get my hands on a on like I said. You're uh, gonna get a running back. I'm gonna get a running back that might give me a couple points this week. So at least 0.25. That's that's what we need. But yeah, well, 46 last week. I'm gonna go that I scored 52 this week, and we're just gonna keep inching up until by the time it's like week 17, I'll have scored 100 points. There we go. But I bring up the double zeros, though, because last week both Devontae Smith and Cole Komet put up zeros for for Ben, which is like uh, those are 10,000 times more surprising than than your two. Um, I mean, is that is that something we talked about panic mode earlier? Should be, Ben be panicking about the usage for both those guys, either of those guys? Major, major, because, yeah, he's going to get the win against me but he ain't going to play me every week. So he needs to look hard and hard at that lineup. If those players and anyone else that he might have uh, is not going to be doing what they have done in the past. I mean, Brady scored 12 points. Yeah. A weird, a weird game. One half to score. Trevor Lawrence scored 15. So his quarterback play is suspect at best. Sus. Penny. Even though he did look good, he only scored 11 points. Ben, you sh- you better figure this team out because you don't get to play sneaky guy every week. I think Cole Komet will bounce back. I mean, he has to, right? We talked about it in the offseason, and I was not as bullish on him as you were. But he does, he's going to have to catch passes for this team, and not every week is going to be a monsoon, so they will be able to throw. So. I think Komet will be fine. Devontae Smith, I would be a little concerned about. Like, obviously, you know, four targets, no catches. Like, if he gets four targets a week, he'll at least catch some of those moving forward. But it is clearly the Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown show in Philly. So I don't know how reliable Devontae Smith is going to be for Ben. After I'm sure he was feeling good about him after that rookie year last year. Yeah, nothing worse than feeling good about a rookie one year and then having them come out and not only do zero week one, but clearly show that 
they, he's not going to be nearly as involved or relied upon or cared about. Uh, so that's always uh, a sad, a sad day in fantasy to see yeah. that. Happen. Looks like for the Eagles, it's it's AJ Brown, it's rushing with with Jalen Hurts and all three other running backs apparently, and then it's got Dallas Godert, and then it's Devontae Smith. So that's that's not a good place to be in for fantasy. I guess Ben just plays DJ Chark, who, who was kind of good for the Lions. And you talked about how their def- or their offense is looking a lot better than it did last year. So maybe something there. Maybe he pulls a little Jared Goff, DJ Chark stack all year. Mm, that's another interesting stat. We're gonna see we're gonna see some fun stacks this year with some of these low tier quarterbacks and receivers, huh? That's the hope. I think the this the theme of Scum and Sneak season three is stacks, weird stacks, fun stacks, Brandon and Eric's teams being stacked. It's just stacks everywhere. Yeah, I like that. This it's the it's the year of the stack. We've had the year of the summer of handcuffs before. We've had the year of uh, what other stuff before. Yeah, so. we've had a lot of years of a lot. Of- of things and this year we're it's about all about the stacks that's wrapping up that matchup ben should win but ben you're gonna have to you're gonna have to look at some stuff to stay competitive going into the rest of the season mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. week two hopes and dopes time what do you got for us this week all right so my hope this week is on your team scum because it's surprising uh, to see the t- the type of uh, week you put up. Uh, and we did say that you were going to upset Hesse. So your boy Palmer is my hope this week. Let's go big Palm. Keenan Allen out Thursday night game. I'm expecting him to catch a bomb touchdown, uh, which could result you in just like basically like a 12 point swing right there. And in my mind, that is a huge hope uh, for your team, for him uh, being that third and now being that number two with Allen out. Uh, week two hope is Jordan Palmer. Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love that. Uh, I want him to be good. I'm pl- Every league that I have him in, I'm going to play him just because it's Thursday night and the matchup is good. The volume should be good. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the episode. Justin Herbert was was really passing it around. I think the stat I saw was, besides Keenan Allen, no one got more than like four targets, I think, which is kind of fun to, to hear. But for fantasy, it's not great, right, for your Mike Williams, your Austin Ecklers for sure. Like you want the main guys to be getting like six, seven, eight targets, right, on a consistent basis. But we'll see how that shakes out. Um, but I like that hope pick, especially for this week. My dope this week, uh, reason why Jimbo beats Doug is because it's Darren Waller. Oh, I don't like him. I've never liked him. Never thought he was good. Or uh, the Darren Waller from three years ago, whatever it was, where he was just getting like all this targets and all these catches yeah. and nine touchdowns a year. It's gone. Devonta Adams is in there now. Carr only wants to look his way. 
And Waller's at this point, I, I think Fryermuth had like 12 last week. Doug, play Fryermuth. Don't play Waller. Waller's over. He got the contract, but it's, it doesn't mean he's going to he's going to be any good. That offense is going to be a huge work in progress. New coach, uh, easy to call the Devontae Adams, but Carr didn't really look that great. Took a lot of sacks, threw some picks. Uh, yeah, so my dope this week is Darren Waller. Just a dud of a week. Doug, play Fryermuth. It doesn't really matter. Jimbo still wins. So I, I... – I did call Darren Waller a season-long dope for the reasons you mentioned, the, the main one being Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. I did look at Doug's matchup, and I was like, I, I, could, I could go for playing Friar Muth over Waller, but I didn't go that because I like the matchup for Darren Waller. He plays against there's certain Cardinals who we just saw get torched by Travis Kelsey, and yes, that's Travis Kelsey. But Darren Waller is, uh, you know, I think he's the second option on the offense. We were wondering if it was going to be Waller or Hunter Renfro. I think Waller out-targeted him. He had a fine week last week. I would expect he catches a touchdown against the Cardinals. So I don't think he's going to be a dope this week. Well, you are wrong, as you always are wrong. First crumble bet of the year? Obviously, how am I? How are you gonna get crumble up to me? You guys will get crumble up there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, they can't uh, fly it down does, the drone. It does get delivered, uh, it will get delivered from uh, Missoula. I think it, it, I think it takes like a week. <laughs> All right, that we'll do that. All we'll right, get you, we'll get you week old crumble. What's the line? What's the line for Waller? Uh, the 12 that Muth had last week. Yeah, so you're saying if he gets that's a hard one for you. <laughs> twelve. You're saying if he gets if he gets twelve or more, I lose, and if he gets under twelve, I win. Yeah. Oh yeah, easy. I'm taking that bet all day. If I think he's scoring a touchdown, he's scoring twelve. Mm-mm. First crumble bet of the year, baby. Let's do it. I'm in. All right. My hope this week comes from Eric's team. Like he needs a hope, but like I think it, right, <laughs> he's playing Tyler, right? <laughs> but just to you know get some of that point, um, get that or to cut into Brandon's point overall points lead, he should bench Najee one because of the injury. I you know I'm not really sure what's going to happen with that, mm-hmm. and also Najee's a, a downer this year. Move mixing up to that running back two spot. And then play Amon Ra St. Brown. Nice. Nice. I like that call. Got a fun matchup with the Washington. I was going to say football team, but they're the commanders now. And they just got torched by, by Christian Kirk. Uh, Zay Jones had a good game. So definitely vulnerable to the pass. Amon Ra had 12 targets last week. I think he gets that again. Easily goes over 100 yards and should be played on Eric's team this week. Yeah, Amon Ra is shaping up to be what he was supposed to be at his draft position and all the hype he did at the second half of last year. Uh, scored a touchdown this last week. Uh, is that like 
again, I mentioned that Lions offense is a lot better than uh, I think maybe people thought, or it's maybe it's exceeding. So <clears throat> fun call there. Do it, Ernie. Throw Amon-Ra into the lineup because everyone thinks we make your lineup for you. And we do, so do that. And, you know, I mean, we, we the influence the Scum Machine show has <laughs> across this league and the world is far more reaching than people realize. All right, and my dope this week, and I think this has become an annual thing for me. Uh, I was doing my whole reasoning. I'm like, wait, I said this all. I said this last year, but we're going back to the well. It's going to be on Hesse's team again. Another reason why I'm the upset of the week, and his dope is going to be Mike Evans against the Saints. Okay. He traditionally does not have good games against the Saints. A big part of that has been Marshawn Lattimore, but even when Lattimore doesn't play, they just they know how to uh, scheme around. Mike Evans, I went back and looked at it, and he had one big blow-up game against the Saints in the past, I look back three years, so that's, what, six matchups? All the rest have been, like, 10 and under, so uh, I'm going for more of that. A dud game for Mike Evans, and Hesse's just going to be super sad because he is not as good as he thought. Hmm, yes, you traditionally call a dud Mike Evans game against the Saints at some point during the year. Hmm. I'm going to say that, I mean, I'm okay, good call, but I'm, I'm disagreeing with you. I think he, uh, who else is Brady going to throw to? Julio? Uh, Julio. Because he's supposed <laughs> to still have his, his off into the sunset uh, season. But, uh, Brian, I disagree with you. You know, you have no idea what you're talking about, Scum, when it comes to uh, Mike Evans, okay? That's it. What, uh, Winchell's bet. I don't think Winchell's will get it to you. <laughs> Definitely not getting Winchell's. But uh, what's the line for Mike Evans? Uh, Ten points. Okay, deal. For This one's for just for fun. Just for fun. Just for uh, uh, online ridicule. Online group chat ridicule. Yeah. Ridicule. People, hold us accountable. You heard the lines. You heard the bets. And watch them. Watch it unfold this week. Hopes that's, and dopes. Woo! That's fun. I'm nervous about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's wrap up here with America's favorite segment. Scum and Shink get the Thursday night game wrong. But sometimes we get it right, which we, we picked the winner last week. We, we picked the winner. It was a little bit off, but we got the winner. So, But Scum and Shink get the Thursday night game wrong, but halfway we get it right. Hey. <laughs> Why don't you kick us off? What's your, what's your read on the Thursday night game? Chargers versus Chiefs. Chargers versus Chiefs. Chiefs win. 27-20. You could not be more wrong about that. Chargers are going to win by a score of 30-24. to 24. It's going to be 24-23 in the fourth quarter. Everyone's going to be like, oh, Chiefs are so good. And then Justin Herbert's going to drive us down for that touchdown. It's going to be a five-yard game winner to Gerald Everett. Oh, your boy Gerald. So this is the we're obviously going into week two. We agreed that the Bills were going to beat the Rams last week. They're yep. wrong with the score, but Scum and Sneak disagree on the Thursday night game wrong. First one of the year. Chiefs, Chargers 
It's going to be fun either way. Hopefully lots of points. Hopefully all of your guys do good. But yeah, I'm excited. Can't wait. Fun game. Primetime Chargers games always just, uh, it's too stressful for me, honestly. Remember that one time uh, we were watching the game. I think you, yeah, you had Keenan Allen. He was he was hurt leading up the week prior, but then it was when he like got on camera and was like, "Don't sit me, like put me in your lineup." And then he proceeded to just be a decoy the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. I think I was watching that at your at your house. Yeah, and I was just it was like late in the year, and I needed I think it was I needed it for the playoffs, or I was it was like a play week one playoffs or something like that. Might have been, yeah. It was it, it was important. Uh, freaking just a huge letdown, man. But anyway, what if he does that again this week? <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. I'm good. I'm playing. And then uh, he gets played all around and just sucks. Just like they didn't say nothing about Najee's injury before the season. Mm-hmm. They're, just, they're just going to cheat everybody out of injuries and, and, and statuses all year. And you're, everyone's going to just make horrible calls. And that's why we all love fantasy football. Yeah. And that's why you love the Scum and Sneak Show. We love you guys back. Good luck in all your matchups and all your leagues. But, of course, LV Dynasty is number one. Thanks, y'all. Have a good one. Week two. Bye.